Welcome to the Seth Campbell Podcast. This show is to equip you with real-world tactics that improve your leadership skills, build your wealth, and cause you to leave a multi-generational impact on your world. My name is Seth Campbell. I'm your host, and I'm very excited about today's episode. This is episode 26, Alyssa Gamble, and this is the first. And what we're going to do as a routine, maybe every month or so, is I want to bring on a founder, and we put together a, a pretty clean criteria for y'all here because what I recognize and what I've heard from a lot of the folks that listen to this show is the, the biggest biggest part of our audience, biggest segment of our audience are business owners. And they're business owners that are working towards scaling, that are sometimes hitting walls, and they tend to want to learn some of these skills and have some breakthroughs somewhere on their way towards a million dollars in revenue, $2 million in revenue, so I'm going to bring on founders and founders who have broken through at least a million dollars in top line revenue for their business. And I think what you're going to hear through their story is a lot of the same things that you're going through. And my goal through these conversations is a couple of things. Number one, for you to get hope that, hey, you know what, this person may be further out than I am and they may have achieved some things that I look to achieve and yet their start sounds a lot like what maybe I'm going through now or some of their rough patches. So if they can do it, I can do it too. I want you to hear that. And I want you to hear um, what the real secrets to success are and the lack of silver bullets probably inside of those and uh, how important perseverance is and just be motivated by their story. And then hopefully give you the opportunity to connect with them uh, ongoing. So today I'm very excited. A very first founder, a, a great great friend of mine and, and business partner, Alyssa Gamble. So welcome, Alyssa. Thank you for coming on the show and uh, sharing your story with us. I know you've got a really, really great story of how you've built your business and your wealth even that you're on track for. Thank you. It's been a journey for sure. <laughs> I amen to that. So, um, so tell us, um, uh, about your world right now, like get, bring us to the present. Like, where are you at in your business? How big is your business? Um, you are in the real estate business, and um, you know what are some of your metrics? What does your investment portfolio look like? Your family, your hobbies. What is life like now for you? Yeah, so um, I am a wife and mother. I have a twelve-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter. I am born and raised uh, here in Boise, Idaho. And um, my business looks like I'm in real estate um, is, is kind of my main industry. And then I have ancillary businesses outside of that as well. And I'm an investor and coach. So my current business looks like we have uh, 12 full producing active agents. Um, I have four staff members directly uh, servicing our location. And um, actually today we're gonna cross the uh, million dollar threshold in revenue. Wow. So, Congratulations. So, and, and we're recording this June 27th. So we're right in the middle of the year and you're at a million, you're going to cross a million dollars in revenue today. Today. Yeah. All right. Congratulations. So then you're Thanks. on pace for $2 million supposedly this year, if not more, because you may be moving, you know, Gross. Yeah. yeah. Projectory. Yeah. For sure. Wow. All right. How do you balance all of that? 
how do I balance it? Uh, time blocking. That would be uh, the big deal is really I play hard and then, I mean, I work hard so that I can play hard. And uh, everything is really time blocked in my calendar. Um, I've become over the years a master at really fitting as much in as possible and really just figuring out what is my top 20% that can make me most effective um, on the mission. Love it. And then I know, um, and I want to kind of go back to the chronology. One other thing, what does your um, investment world look like now? I know that just a couple of years ago, you really got intentional on that. You've made some good progress. Yeah, I mean, I started uh, my first investment property was I moved from my primary home to a, another primary home. And I always had the goal to, to own rentals. And that seemed like the first logical step. So my first property um, that I bought as an investment, or I guess shifted to an investment was 2013. And currently I have six other doors now. So seven total, plus I'm part of a syndication with 101 unit um, syndication group. Wow. Love it. So you've got a big world and it's growing fast. Yeah. I mean, this year already we've purchased two. So it seems to be speeding up with, um, you know, ultimately, um, you know, vision right now is 30. And I'm sure when I get there, it might be like, let's go for more. Yeah. Love it. Um, so life probably wasn't all that easy. Let's let's go back. What what'd you do before? like real estate, uh, other vocations, previous business adventures, anything fun in childhood and entrepreneurial spirit back then that showed up? Yeah, I mean, funny enough, I, I always wanted to be a horse jockey. That was my my wow. first love was uh, I rode. We never heard that answer before. <laughs> you know what, in school, it was funny as I never, uh, there there is no career for a horse jockey. So it was always uh, something I wasn't even sure how I was gonna break into. And then when I passed the 100 pound mark, um, uh, you know, when I was about 14, uh, that kind of went to the wayside because you have to be under 100 pounds, especially if you're a female. So, um, and then somebody, I, I remember my Aunt Pam at a Christmas event or something, she told me I'd always be good at business. And um, that, that one conversation started me into kind of entrepreneurial because I knew I, I never wanted to be famous. I wanted to, to have enough money um, to do what I wanted to do and help others. Um, I've come from a very entrepreneurial family. So all of my uncles and my dad um, own their own businesses. Wow. And uh, I just wanted to follow in some of that footsteps and, and be my own, my own owner of my business. So that's kind of where it started. Um, so you, grew you, know, up, you grew up in that then you, you grew up in a world of own your own business. Is that what your your aunt saw in you? You think, or did what, what do you think triggered that? Yeah, I mean, I'm the oldest kid, so um, and and my my dad passed away when I was very young, between the age of two or three, and, and my dad now adopted me when uh, he married my mom, and so um, I was kind of adopted into that family, and uh, I was the only girl uh, of all the kids. There's uh, I've got three uncles. And so there was also a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, I think, to prove myself to all the boys mm -hmm. in the family. So I always was playing uh, tackle football or you know, beating up the boys and was always very competitive. And um, yeah, I think it, it always was surrounded with me to, to kind of create something um, from, from within the family. 
so that that really must have shaped you because it's interesting right like not not a lot of children grow up with the idea of like owning your own business right a lot of families it's just not a thing it's go to school get a job get a good job yeah, and I think it was still foggy back then because I went to college and I, I was going to do international business. So I, I already had about six years in under my belt of French. So I pursued a French degree. And that's ultimately what I got as a bachelor was a bachelor of fine arts, arts and French. Um, not very helpful in the landlocked state of Idaho. Um, <laughs> and but and I took Spanish and was also going to take Japanese um, and do I wanted to be like an ambassador um and and kind of work international business so i got a minor in business and it wasn't until um it was 01 when kind of we had 911 and the market and economy shifted i got laid off from a state job and uh, that's what got me into real estate what were you doing what were you doing for the state i worked at the department of health and welfare so and i i i always was promoted in every job I had. I um, Right out of high school, I had office jobs, administrative or office jobs, and I was always promoted pretty quickly. Um, typically was a leader of a pod or a group. Mm. Um, I was one of the youngest uh, people in the Department of Health and Welfare. I was part of the only moneymaker in the state department, which uh, was called the Health Insurance Premium Program. We paid um, people's premiums to, uh, that had health issues. So it saved the state money and I ran the application process and then the, the payroll through that. Oh, wow. All right. So very different. And then, so you, you get laid off from the state and yeah, I got laid off. Um, I actually, the interim, I got a job at a radiology firm. So we did MRI, CTs, ultrasounds. And again, uh, within about a year, I was running the admin department there. Um, and really being the bridge between the back and the front. And um, there I, I had a life lesson. I violated HIPAA and I was, I was actually fired. That was the one and only job I was fired from. And um, that is what actually catapulted me into real estate. All right, don't mess with HIPAA. All right, so then what, so, so what causes you to go into real estate? Is it because of your dad was doing real estate or like is that... Was that the transition? Yeah, I was going to actually work for my cousin's lawn care business. He runs a pretty large lawn care business, and I was going to be his office manager, and he didn't have a space. His, his person was retiring, but not for six months, and so um, I needed another part-time job. So I called my dad, who had been a real estate agent um, for 35 years, I think, at the time, and just said, I... I would be a great assistant. Who do you know in your office that might need an assistant for the next six or eight months? And he said, well, I'm not hiring you. And, and I, I really was like, I, I actually didn't ask for you to hire me. I was looking for a reference and come to find out just the timing of everything is he had put an ad for an assistant that morning out. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, after he brought that conversation home to my mom and she said, why wouldn't you consider looking at Alyssa? And so I had an interview the next day and, and hired. All right. So and do you interview I started off as, as his assistant? All right. So then, so you, yeah, so you're, you're kind of had this um, administrative or office manager kind of background, right? Mm -hmm. With that division, like 
was it did you have an idea of like i want to run one of these things one day um, or was that not there yet was it i'm looking for work no no i mean i looking back now i can't even imagine if i was the leader of an admin department because i don't have the detailed skills sure. naturally i just forced it and it, i knew what i i whatever i was going to do i was going to do at the highest level um, at one point, I was going to run a transactional coordination business, which would have been a nightmare looking back. Um, but uh, no, I just really wanted to be the best. And um, what happened also naturally is my dad was getting into leadership at his brokerage at the time. And so I was supporting his real estate business, but also supporting the brokerage and education and development. So the first couple years of working for him, he ran the tr new agent training program for the brokerage. And so I went through that mm, probably 12 different times being the administrator of it. And through that is when I was like, okay, if these guys can do it, and I was watching people kind of bumble through things, if they can do it and be successful, I know I can rock this out. And that's where um, it really started to be like, okay, I can be an agent. But it really, even then, even at that brokerage, there were no teams. There were no big businesses. It was like, if I could just do 25 or 20, 25 to 30 deals a year, that would be like successful. Take me back there because that's, that's a pretty big transition, a pretty big leap for some folks. Like you're, I'm guessing you're on a salary or a stable income. And what you're saying is like going all commission at some level like and you hadn't done that before right what what's going through your head at that time and how scary is that or was it just not a big deal well no i, I mean i would tell you seth i think it was a forced so um i i assisted ron my dad for a while and then what happened is um i remember 2008 so my house burnt down in July of 2008. I got married in September of 2008. And two days after I got married, September 15, 2008 happened, which was the crash of the start of stock market. And I remember my dad texting me that when you come back from your honeymoon, everything has changed. Um, and, and he was right. I mean, it had already started kind of the downhill slope, but it, it, the bottom fell out uh, that Monday, September 15th. And by November, I found out I was pregnant. And then the next week, my dad said, uh, I can no longer support you salary. So sink wow. or swim, go find another job. But you are off my salary at the end of the year. And he told me that right before Thanksgiving of 2008. So I had about a month and a half to pull up my britches. And I remember being scared shitless. I don't know if you can say that on here, but I did. Um, <laughs> is like, I just wasn't sure what was gonna happen. Um, I actually applied for unemployment um, for the first month because I wasn't sure what we were gonna do. I mean, I was living paycheck to paycheck back there. Back then I had roommates, um, I think it was 24. Wow. And um, I just said, well, let's give it a shot. Um, I, I'm, I think I can do this and I, I guess I better put my, put my actions where my thoughts are and let's get get to it. And this is, see, all while all this is going on and the market's crashing too, and you're, you're going into that. Yeah, I, I really think though I was blissfully unaware of that. Like, I mean, I knew something had happened in the market, but 
I, I hadn't sold real estate really before that. So I, all I saw was all these other agents not um, be very skillful and still sell houses. And so I just figured if I can just find the clients, I can sell houses no matter. I just really didn't consider the market at that time. So you, so you're blissfully unaware. Did you, um, did you have naysayers that were family members saying you're crazy? Like, why are you, why are you going into that? Can you just find another job? Yeah. I mean, I would tell you my, my husband who was my boyfriend at the time was really supportive. Um, so that was very helpful that he, he was like, I know you can do this, go get it. Um, my, my dad said, I, I, I mean, he, I had started in June of 08, really in real estate, and I had been pretty successful just that those first six months. Mm-hmm. I'd gotten a listing my first week. I wrote up an offer off just a random sign call my first week. And so I'd had some success. So I had some confidence behind that. Um, and then I was just somebody who went and looked under every rock. For, I, I mean, I, I talked to everybody about it. I had a couple family members say, we'll see. You know, your first year, uh, you know, that's probably lucky and you had some family members and the rubber's going to meet the road. Um, and, you know, I was pregnant with my first kid as well. So uh, there was a, also a determination of that I'm going to make this work um, before I go on maternity leave. So some people, you know, they, they struggle just to get launched, right? There's a whole bunch of people that one day I want to own my own business. And for you... You don't really have time to think about that. You just you just had to go. Like you had no other choice. Yeah. And it's amazing and I would how tell you stories are born like kind of out of that fire, right? And we were at, at that time then at this point, Ron was at his own brokerage and it was just me and him kind of out of his house. Um, and we, I remember we went to a meeting with um, a broker, a team leader, and I went to a business planning clinic I think in it was like a weird time of year, like uh, February or something, and I'd never been to anything like that. And that that gave me real clarity on what I had to do. I'd never seen a business broken down, what we call the economic model, to like this is how many people I just have to talk to. And it it seemed to me simple, not easy, but simple where just talk to this many people and you'll be able to have the success, which is the top line revenue. So that's a, that's a key ingredient for folks to hear, right? Is So early on, you got a legitimate plan. There's a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to that they, have a, they believe the business plan is kind of the idea. Like I wanna sell this or I wanna do this and there's a big need for this in the market. But you, what, you, what you did, that economic model is essentially like how much money do you wanna make and then you work it all the way back to like, okay, talk to X number of people and this conversion rate ballpark is going to lead to this many contracts, right? So it's that level of clarity. I was very forceful in getting in with uh, smarter people than me. So I remember I was, I was Ron's daughter. Uh, He was the one who had all the production and the longevity and the career. I was like a nobody. And yet when I, I, we came on to uh, Keller Williams, back then and I forced myself into the top mastermind group. And I, I didn't even, I just said, I'm gonna be in this group. I don't wanna be in that one over there. You put me in that one over there. I wanna be in this one. And and I, I don't know if I just, my cute smile or what the team leader was like, oh, So okay. you show up into um, business mastermind of people who are already at a higher level. Yeah, 
and I wanted to meet with the, the top instead of just going to like the business coach, I went to the, the team leader and said, I want to be coached by you. And uh, for whatever reason, she saw the potential or my drive or I don't know. And she let me in. And, and that was probably a huge ingredient to my initial success because I, I was around people already doing it um, and started picking up on what they were doing and then just copying them. You know, I, I remember that's doing a lot. Exactly that we're doing these founder series. Exactly that. It's to expose people to somebody that's already there. Um, what? So first couple of years, what kind of numbers were you hitting? Like what were some of the early milestones or victories that you remember? Yeah, I mean, early on, um, you know, hitting $100,000 was a big marker for me. And that, that happened in uh, 2010. So really, it took me a couple years to get to there, but that was a big, a big marker. I think a lot of us want to make $100,000. And so when I hit that, I remember. Um, and then in 2010, I also was on another team briefly um, for about eight months. Uh, it, was, it was the best experience looking back because I learned about everything not to do on a team. Um, we changed our name a whole bunch. We changed our email. We, we didn't have admin or, or administrative support. We didn't have a database. And um, so I learned a lot of the things that um, when I first started my team that I, I said I'm going to do differently. Um, and, and then, I mean, what uh, early success was that I doubled my business every year. Um, I was doubling not, you know, the units that we were doing in real estate, but also the GCI, the, the revenue as well. So you're going here to 200 to 400 and you're growing at that rate. What, what'd you focus on in those early days? Like take me back to going from hundred to 200, 200 to 400. That's incredible growth. Like what, what do you focus on? Yeah, so um, in 2010, um, late 2010, I think I, I got a an assistant or early, it was early that earlier on in the year, I got an assistant. That was huge because, again, at that point, I was realizing that although I could do admin work, I didn't love it. And so um, the things that you need in the basis foundation of your business, I wasn't doing. So like a, a CRM, a contact um, database management system, I would never do that. Um, when I hired this assistant, I started at $10 an hour for 10 hours a week, and that's what I had her do. And within a month or two, I got several deals from, you know, touching my database and past clients. And so I hired her a little bit more till she was all the way up to 40 hours a week. Um, so that's just to so get I want to hit that real quick because that's another spot where people get in the early. This is probably prior to scale. It is prior to scale, but it's kind of like the stage before where some people burn a lot of time or years or exhaustion and energy, right? Is I don't really think I can afford somebody. I need to get out of the weeds and do a higher dollar producing activity, so to speak. And did, did your mind play tricks on you? I've watched people struggle with that. Like I don't have enough money to hire the person. I can't really afford the person, but I really need the person. I get exhausted doing this data entry work or I'm staying up late, you know, catching up. Yeah. And I would tell you, it was Erica Hill that sat down with me. Uh, I have the benefit, I think of a lack of fear. Uh, yeah, I was fearful, but I, I mean, she put it down when you drill it down and I can see like, okay, it's not that bad. I was like, she said, what, what's a uh, hundred dollars a week. That's $400 a month. 
And I, I, ha- I could afford that, you know, not a whole bunch of those without pay. But <laughs> right. I said, oh, what do I got to lose? Let's try it because I'm not doing my database. There was like four months of me struggling and I just would never do it. So I went to lunch with Erica Hill, which is one of my mentors, and she just broke it down. I think she's very similar to me as well, a little fearless. Yeah. And um, and then I what I the what I think maybe my superpower is that I'm really only good at a few things. And I figured that out pretty early on. And so I leverage way earlier than most in my industry does because I just said, I'm not going to do that. So let's get somebody to do that so I can stay in my strength zone, which is like in front of people and helping advise them, um, you know, making a move. That's beautiful. So your so one of your secrets to breaking through is that is like you're not just the pretty fearless part. I mean, we hear it again here. You got another mentor. I know Erica Hill's very wealthy, successful, incredibly successful individual, right? Super intelligent business person. So here you have another person in your life with wisdom saying, here's the path. And then you have a natural bend towards hiring earlier. And I think people need to hear that because I don't think you go from one to two, two to four, four to eight without hiring and hiring early. Um, no, that definitely helped me for sure get that. And then I, I, I fell into a buyer's agent as well. So that that also, I wasn't looking to hire, but uh, a young, talented individual came in my life. She was dating my cousin kind of, a, and um, you know saw me doing more business than her. And when she left her position, she called me and said, I wanna come work with you. And, and that, that was the trajectory changer to everything. So now you have somebody doing some of the sales for you that takes up more minutes and you focus on the higher level sales that is more money for less minutes. Yeah. It switched me from being an agent that does everything to only a listing agent. Cause that was one of the things that I learned from the previous team is I wouldn't get all the leads for the buyers, even though as a buyer's agent and it was very uh, fascinating um, because I, I was there ready, waiting, and I, I wouldn't get the lead. So I gave her everything. I even mm-hmm. gave her my mother-in-law, and I like my mother-in-law. So like <laughs> I, I gave her uh, everything, which then left me to, if I didn't have buyers, what do I do? And I wasn't sure yeah. how to go get listings. But um, I, I mean, I, that's the only thing that shifted because um, – from 2011 to 2012, I went from eight listings in 2011 to 43 the wow. next year. And so what do you say to, so you, so you grow by letting things go. Like, what do you say to the, the control freak or the, I don't know if I would need, can let that go for put in somebody else's hands. What if the quality is not there? What if, what do you say to that person? What I say to that is, I mean, perfect is great and done is better. And um, ultimately, look longer vision is, is can you do what you're wanting to do long term by holding on to those, those things? And um, I mean, the answer for me was no. Um, and I, I thought I loved buyers, too. I loved, uh, I mean, I still occasionally do like a, a good buyer, but uh, realized that that long term was not going to help me get to where I wanted to go. Oh.